The topic that we're going to discuss today is credit unions. <clears throat> so recently, a call Cairo came out, signed by Reb David and Ruben Feinstein, Shlomo Miller, Shmuel Kamenetsky, that it is also to be a member of a credit union. And they acknowledge in the letter that there are those that are medical, and they, but they are of the opinion that it's also, and they say that the truth that Moshe allowed lending, sorry, borrowing from banks, does not apply to a credit union. So to understand why a credit union is also, just first examine why a bank is mutter. So a credit union is when you have a group of people that get together and everybody pays it's like $50 a month, it contribute $50 a month to the collective pot. And whoever's a man- member can borrow from this pot with either little or no interest. The interest goes either, depending on the union, either it goes to back into the pot to make it bigger, or it goes as dividends to the members of the union. So even if I am borrowing from a non-interest uh, credit union, there will still be an instrument because because I am paying my dues. It would be ribus kitsusa, biblical ribus, because along with my paying up the thousand dollars that I borrowed every month, I have to pay fifty dollars to continue to be a member. So the question is well, again, why does it apply here, not by banks? So why are banks motor? So there are numerous opinions. There are three main shittas. Why are banks are muta? Even though they're Jewish shareholders. So the first one is bitl beroiv. Since a majority of shareholders in the bank, a majority of the owners are non-Jewish, and it's a minority that's Jewish, therefore it's mutter. Bitl beroiv. The Kitzur Shulchan Aruch did not pass like this. The Kitzur Shulchan Aruch passed that it's awesome. The Shalom Meishev wrote to him and told him to be meikel. And the kids did not listen. The reason for him not listening would be because the svara of Bittal Barayv is a hard svara to understand. Why should I say that since the majority are non-Jewish, well, therefore it, it, we don't count that, we don't look at the minority Jewish ownership, minority Jewish money. What is that? Money is chashev. Money is, I know exactly how much I own, how much I have there. How can I say that? I'm not going to count it. I'm not going to consider it as there. How can I say bottle? So the Shalom Meshav gives a different... He, he Shalom Meshav, thinks that Bittal Barayv is a good enough reason. He also adds another reason. Something called Greta, that he feels that I can say that I'm taking my money from the non-Jewish shareholders. Let's say the bank has $1,000 that it lends out. There's a $1,000 pool from the bank that I can lend out. I can, sorry, that I can borrow from. And I only take $100. Now, 900 of the dollars in the $1,000 is owned by non-Jews, and only 1,000 is Jewish-owned. And only 100, sorry, is Jewish-owned. So I can say my $100 that I'm borrowing comes from the Jewish, comes from the non-Jewish owners. That's what the Shalom Meshav says. So the issue with that is, who, what gives me the right to decide who I'm borrowing from? I'm borrowing money, the bank is giving me money. How can I say that this is non-Jewish money? Maybe it's Jewish money. Or maybe the whole money, maybe it's put together. I don't say that there's something that's Jewish or non-Jewish money. When there's a Jew involved, 
and he's going to benefit from it. I would call it a ribbis. So that's the question of the Shalom Meshach. Rav Moshe and his Truvis gives a third reason. That since the way things work in America is that whoever owns 51% of the company is in, is in a sense the real owner of the company. They can decide direction. And a shareholder really has no say in what goes on. Therefore, a shareholder is not a real halachic owner. The halachic owner is the 51% of the majority shareholders. One share, there's no halachic ownership to that because you can't call, you can't make any decisions, you can't decide anything. Therefore, Moshe writes, by a bank, it would be mutter, considering even though there are Jewish shareholders, but they have no say in running the business, and therefore they are not considered owners in the business. There is a letter where Moshe told the members of the credit union in the Lower East Side to use to make a heter iska. So, so there we would see that there would be interest in a credit union. So people want to say, no, it was only to the Lower East Side where a majority, back in the day, it was very possible that in the credit union, the majority that was Jewish, especially because the way credit unions work is that there's no taxes on the income that come from them as long as the members of the union are of a particular, they connect their particular group. So it's very possible that a credit union in Lower East Side had a majority Jews, therefore he told them to use a heterisca. But it's the same thing as a bank. But, how, so those that wrote the Kolkara, how are they going to understand this Ramayasha, this story of Ramayasha? How are they going to understand it? Bukhara, they would give a different explanation. They would say, no, Ramayasha holds at all credit unions, and not just specifically this credit union. So all credit unions need a hatter iska. Now, why would that be the case? Why would it be different than a bank? So according to the first reason, it's different. It's no different than a bank. It's just over here I have a majority, over there I don't have a majority. But they would tell you that no. By a bank, a bank, a corporation works that the majority, where the money is, who has the most money, he has the most said. Where else in a credit union, it doesn't matter who has the most money. Everybody has an one, one, a person has as much say as any other person, no matter how much they contribute or no matter how much money they have in the union. Everybody has one vote and everybody's equal. Therefore, it's not possible to say that the Jew does not have legal ownership. So the halakhic ramification of this, besides the fact that if I could take a loan, and that is that it becomes very applicable because most cars are financed through a credit union. When I go buy a car, let's say it's $25,000, I don't have $25,000. So the credit union, so I take out a loan, and most of the times that loan comes from a credit union. So let's say I bought a car, and I took a loan out of the car, and after listening to this year, I find out there's a Kolkera and Darabobana that say that it's usur to borrow from a credit union. So what should I do? How should it function? How should it work? So, the simplest and best way of going about it would be if it's possible, somebody calls the Rav and the Rav is a Chacham, the Rav would be a smart man, they tell the Rav the situation. So what the Rav would do, the Rav would call up somebody else and tell them that this and this person is in a bind. And, I, and let's say the interest on the entire loan is $1,000. So say this person owes $1,000 in ribbis. If you can pay it, and you're not doing it as a shliach, and he has no halachic obligation to pay you back, and he has no obligation whatsoever to pay you the money back, to recompensate you. If you would be able to cover it, it would get him out of an Isaribus. And as long as it's, and as long as it's not that person, meaning the person doesn't ask him to do it, so it's not betur shliach, and the person is well aware that there is no halachic obligation of said person to pay him back, then it would resolve his ribbus, his ribbus obligation. 
But let's say that doesn't work. By the way, this idea, this concept of somebody else playing and not Petor Shliach is brought up in Yeradiyah, Petzim and Kofsamach. But let's say this doesn't work. I can't find anybody or my Rav doesn't figure that out. What should I do? Again, I also can't tell my Rav to do this for me because then he's going to be my, then he's going to be my Shliach to get me out of the rivers. It would be a question. I can tell my Rav to do this. So, what else can I do? What are my other options? So the best, you can't call up and say that I can't pay you because I have religious, I religiously I cannot pay interest. I can't pay the interest. They throw you in prison. So what are you going to do? So the best thing to do is that since there's an Isaribus on every payment individually, it's not that there's a collective that I took a loan with interest, but it's every time that I pay interest, it would be best if I can figure out what the sum total amount of the interest is and pay that. All pay that at once. Now, Rav is of the opinion that the Isaribus would only start once I pay back the capital. So let's say I took a loan for $100,000 the, and the interest is $10,000. The Isaribus would only would be on the last $10,000, meaning as long as I haven't paid up the $100,000, there is no interest yet. So I wouldn't really have to worry about this until I pay.